Welcome to the Lancet Oncology Podcast. I'm Aaron Van Dorn, speaking to you from the Lancet's New York office. I recently spoke with Dr. Anish Thomas of the National Cancer Institute's Center for Cancer Research about recent developments in the use of antibody drug conjugates in the treatment of certain cancers. Dr. Thomas, can you tell us a little about the background of your review? Why are antibody drug conjugates such a promising therapeutic area? Antibody drug conjugates, they essentially consist of a monoclonal antibody against a specific target and cytotoxic effector molecules that are conjugated to each other via a linker. And the linker is a chemical spacer that binds the drug to the antibody. You know, with some notable exceptions, monoclonal antibodies by themselves, they're not very effective. So in addition to these cytotoxic effector molecules, a lot of other compounds can be bound to monoclonal antibodies. For example, you can conjugate toxins, you can conjugate radiopharmaceuticals, or as in this case with antibody drug conjugates, you can conjugate cytotoxic chemotherapy. So as I said before, the monoclonal antibodies are specific to the tumor cell surface proteins, and it provides the antibody drug conjugate with the tumor specificity and also potency, which is not achievable with traditional chemotherapy drugs. So the goal here is to increase the delivery of the drug to the tumor specifically, and also to reduce normal tissue drug exposure, which are two big issues with conventional chemotherapy drugs. So how do these ADCs work? So the antibody portion of the antibody drug conjugate that recognizes the cell surface protein, and that serves as an address for the therapeutic agent. Ideally, the target antigen should be highly expressed on the tumor cells, and it should not be expressed or expressed to a minimal level in non-neoplastic or normal tissue. When the antibody drug conjugate binds to the tumor cell, the complex is internalized through endocytosis and it's transported from endosomes to lysosomes and it undergoes processing and the cytotoxins are released within the cytoplasm. And the cytotoxins work in different ways. It can, depending on the type of cytotoxic effector molecule that is chosen, in the majority of them bind to tubulin or cause DNA damage. So these drugs have been around for a long time. So these are not new drugs and two antibody drug conjugates have been approved so far by the FDA and agencies in the Europe. The first one was approved in 2011, which was Brentuximab, Vedotin, and the second one was Adotrastuzumab, Emtansin, was approved in 2013. The latter was approved for metastatic breast cancer, and Brentuximab was approved for Hodgkin's and systemic anaplastic large cell lymphoma. So these drugs have been around for a while, but recent advances in terms of improvements in technology and ADC manufacturing have really allowed us to make better ADCs. And as a result, there are 30 to 40 ADCs that are in clinical trials. So there is a newfound enthusiasm and excitement in the area of ADCs for oncology therapeutics as a result of these technological advancements, which have allowed us to make better ADCs. So what kind of technological advancements have encouraged the development of antibody drug conjugates and their translation from the lab and into the clinic? As I said before, ADCs consist of you know, multiple components, essentially of a monoclonal antibody that targets the effector molecules linked via a spacer to a cytotoxic effector drug. And technological advances have really affected each of these components of the antibody drug conjugate, and which has resulted in improved compounds. For example, the early ADCs were mouse monoclonal antibodies. They were covalently linked to conventional anti-cancer drugs like doxorubicin or methotrexate. These conjugates had really limited success in clinical trials, and there were many issues related to that. And the main issues were lack of potency or suboptimal target selection or immunogenicity of these antibody drug conjugates. And as I said, the lessons from these early efforts have really helped 
improvements in technology and contributed to this renewed interest in ADCs. Like, for example, in terms of monoclonal antibodies itself, in replacing this murine antibodies with humanized or fully human antibodies, they have prevented the immunogenicity of these compounds. Now we have better technologies for antibody discovery, including you know, phage display libraries. Uh, they can produce fully human antibodies. And these have resulted in highly specific but non-immunogenic antibodies. And when you look at targets, you know, there are better ways of target selection for targets that are preferentially expressed on the surface of the tumor compared to normal cells. And the same with cytotoxic effector drugs. There are newer, more highly tumor-selective anti-cancer therapeutics, which are available for binding to these antibody drug conjugates. Essentially, you know, improvements in linkers, conjugation technologies, as well as cytotoxic effector drugs, monoclonal antibodies itself, all of these have contributed to identification and development of antibody drug conjugates with better chemical properties, better toxicity profile. That's really exciting. Why is toxicity such a challenge with antibody drug conjugates, and how can this potentially be mitigated? So toxicity is an issue because the cytotoxic effector molecules that are attached to these antibody drug conjugates are really highly potent chemotherapy drugs. So in general, the antibody drug conjugates are pretty well tolerated, and the toxic effects are usually consistent with the known mechanism of action of these cytotoxic payloads. For example, with brentuximab, the side effects are mostly neutropenia and neuropathy. And with TDM1, the side effects are mostly increase in liver enzymes. But the fact is that the exact mechanisms of toxicities related to antibody drug conjugates are really complex. A number of factors contribute to this toxicities from ADCs, and there are contributions from every component of the conjugate, from the monoclonal antibody itself, from the linker, and the cytotoxic payload. So some of the mechanisms include non-systemic release of the cytotoxic drug even before it hits the target because of premature lysis of the linker. Other toxicities could be related to internalization of the antibody drug conjugate by cells that don't express the target. So there are multiple mechanisms. So for example, thrombocytopenia, a common side effect with TDM1, is thought to be due to internalization of the antibody drug conjugate into mature megakaryocytes, which are precursors for platelets, which affect subsequent platelet formation. So that leads to thrombocytopenia from TDM1. And then toxic effects can also be due to you know, bystander effects, which is non-selective cytotoxicity of target negative cells that are located close to target positive cells. So essentially, there are multiple mechanisms at play, and each of the components of the antibody drug conjugate potentially contributing to these toxicities. It's important to recognize that each of these can have important effects on the overall toxicity profile, and it's very important to appreciate that these activities of each of these components are intertwined, and they collectively modulate the ADC toxicity. So it's pretty complicated, but I think with these improvements in drug design and target identification, we should be able to get better control or mitigate the toxicities of ADCs going forward. Looking to the future, what do you think is next in antibody drug conjugate development? Are there any design considerations that you think will drastically improve either their safety or efficacy? The future developments would likely address some of the challenges that we are facing now, especially in terms of toxicities with identification of better targets, you know, with novel and more effective cytotoxic payloads, improvements in linker technologies, it will definitely contribute to more potent and safer antibody drug conjugates. So for example, you know, the current antibody drug conjugates, they target normal proteins that are preferentially expressed in tumors. But for example, you know, the, the, but there are mutations in the cancer cell surface, which are specific to cancer cells. 
which are not present in normal cells at all, which ADCs can potentially target and which could make the ADCs more selective than they are today. So I think improvements in target identification and antibody drug design itself would drastically improve their safety and efficacy. And then secondly, there's a lot of interest and excitement in terms of identifying rational combinations with other classes of drugs and antibody drug conjugates. So there have been studies that indicate that rather than what was conventionally thought, that is the intracellular release of cytotoxic payload causing cell death, antibody drug conjugates can also induce anti-tumor antigenicity. So TDM1 has been shown to increase tumor infiltrating lymphocytes in murine and human breast cancers. So this sort of provides a rationale for combining TDM1 with agents that block immune inhibitory pathways in the tumor, like PD-1 inhibitors or PDL1 inhibitors. So such combinations could potentially enhance immune responses to antibody drug conjugates, and they could potentially overcome primary resistance to immune checkpoint blocking antibodies. So I think those are attractive and exciting avenues. And these are new developments which could potentially improve the safety and efficacy of ADCs in the future. Well, Dr. Thomas, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. You're welcome.